you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Sitting just a few feet from me is Pastor Tony Miller, Pastor Emeritus of Morningside Baptist Church, former everything. I mean, this guy probably had every role you could think of through his life in the ministry and things of that nature. Just brings with us. I'm not going to tell you how old he is, but he brings with us. <laughs> well, I'm proud of how old I am now. You get my age, you start bragging on how many numbers. Well, praise the Lord. Over a half century in the ministry. I'm anyway. three quarters of a century now, brother. <laughs> Amen. So three, you know what, folks, you've seen an awful lot of life if you live to be three quarters of a century old and, and certainly an awful lot of ministry. We've been covering pastor new stuff. You know, in New Year's, you know, we, we live in a society that makes resolutions and stuff. And I know you wanted to speak on that a little bit. Well, yes, all kinds of secular type resolutions. You know, I'm going to yeah. exercise better. I'm going to, and that's not bad. I mean, that's, that. there's a spiritual element right. of being physically fit. But we, you know, we talk about, I'm going to use my time better. And that's wonderful too. But Thanksgiving you know, some of you uh, look back on the past year and you say, okay, I've put it under the blood of Christ like you encouraged in an earlier broadcast. If you have failures, transition to a new year or to a new ministry, put it under any blood. Say, Lord, if I failed you in any way, I want to put it under the blood and I want to have a new start here, clean fellowship with you. But the past year, Thanksgiving to God for his goodness. Count yeah. your many blessings. Get a Psalm 103 list like David had. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Yeah. Forget not all of his benefits. And then he goes, who forgiveth all of thy iniquities. You know, and he goes through a list. And it would be good for you to do that with this past year. Maybe New Year's Eve, just sit down with the family and or yourself and go through the goodness of the Lord That'll inspire you to want to live better for him this next year. I believe so. I think that's a good plan, folks. And as we move forward with new things, we want to talk about a new relationship of love, unity, and peace. And those are some pretty cool things. And uh, uh, the greatest of those is love, the Lord teaches us. And we're going to be covering some of these things. And Pastor gave us a couple of verses to look at. And uh, John 13, 34, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, and ye also love one another. And uh, as I have loved you, and that you also love one another. That's some pretty hard stuff there. And then over in Ephesians 2, 15, having abolished in the flesh flesh the enmity so uh, there's a word there now remember that as you look at that word enmity there's another word that we used to use quite a bit called enmity uh, which is the opposite of that or the the exact opposite i wonder if we used to call the antonym and so enmity is having abolished uh, not getting along with somebody being against that person uh, having bad feelings even the law of commandments containing ordinances for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. So having abolished in this flesh the enmity, the hatred, the... That's, this is tough stuff here, brother. Yeah, the, well, the Lord did it. You know, he was yeah. the one that broke down the, the wall of division between the Jews and the Gentiles. Yes, sir. When he began his church. And there was literally that physical wall at the temple where the Gentiles couldn't even 
But look at the t- end of the temple, but they could never get into the temple. Court right, they there. had to stop in the uh, in, in the foyer there. Yeah, threat of death. Yeah, and so there was a division for all those years. Even though those Gentiles were wanting to worship God, uh, the Jews wouldn't let them. But now in Christ, Jews, Gentiles, slaves, non-slaves, you name it, are all one. There's no difference because in Christ. We are in peace or unified. That word peace means to prosper in the Hebrew idea of shalom. I'm, ble- I'm asking God to prosper you. I want you to have prosperity. Well, but it also means in the Greek word, it means that which is not divided or it's unified or it's in unity. And it also has the idea of tranquility. We usually think of peace in regards to military things. It's the war is over and we're in peace. But, you know, that's what he's saying here, too. We're not fighting. There's calmness. In Christ, that's what happens. Yeah, and when you try to mirror the love that Christ has for us, that's a different love right there. That's a that's a different level. Great, yes, greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Yeah. And Jesus said, that's it, of you lay down your life, and you, I'm laying down my life so you can be my friend and I can be your elder brother. Yeah. Now, when I think of the word unity, I, I was looking at this, and, and uh, just as I was reading it, I wish I would have put this in my notes, looked at it a little bit better, but I came across a new relationship of love, unity, and peace. And when we think of that word unity, what comes to your mind when you think about having unity in Christ, unity with one another? Oh, Wow. Now, you go ahead, brother. You've, you, you've been thinking on that. Yeah. You go ahead, and I'll follow up. Well, I think, you know, as it falls in this verse, you know, as I'm looking, as we're talking about, I've abolished flesh and enmity, new commandments contained in the ordinances, for to make himself twain a new man, so making peace. And so looking at that scripture, making peace, and unity doesn't mean I agree with everything that the Christian brother or sister may believe or have preferences or philosophy sitting next to me. Unity means that we can come together at the cross and uh, in all things holy and yeah. all things godly, I believe, and, and just live in that zone, right? Yes. What I think of when I think of unity along this line is like being bound together. Yeah. We're tied together and we are... Many members of one were bound, though. And he's using a term here, one new man. And there's that word new. And so you can say, well, recent, yes, that just started in the New Testament, but it's also new in quality because we are now in a new kind of organism. Yeah. And so we are now one new man. And the idea would be like a person's body, one new man all bound together, each member connected. And the body doesn't work well when one gets off. You know, if you talk about, well, get rid of your right foot. <laughs> you know, that's what my brother-in-law is facing because of diabetic. Oh. Are they going to have to amputate not just two toes, but will they have to amputate more down the road? Wow. That's a terrible thing. He's going to be, his whole body is going to be affected if he's gone. So the key is we're bound together, we stay bound together. And we endeavor to keep that unity in the bond of peace, the the unity of the spirit. Yeah. In that word enmity, I, I was thinking about that. You know, we were going through things. I can remember 
uh, in my life, you know, amity in America. I can remember that, uh, you know, the guy across the street thought this way about a particular issue or something, and I thought this way, but we still respected one another. Yeah. You know, I can remember where, you know, you didn't have to hate this person or that person, but God's coming along and he's saying, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I loved you. And, and he's not, he's new in quality compared yeah. to our love for one another. Yeah. It's on the level of self-sacrifice. You'd lay down your life for your friend. That's a new level. And I think yeah. that's what he's really driving at in that context. Yeah. And, and even, you know, talking to the church at Ephesus and everything going on there, um, you know, there, there's a talk about making peace. You know, Christians should have relationships at a different level is what I'm reading. You know, a Christian relationship is based foundationally, spiritually on what Christ has done love-wise for us. It's a completely different level. I mean, we're supposed to, when we put that old man away, uh, the way I'm reading this, this, you know, this new uh, relationship of love, this new relationship of unity, this new relationship of peace um, means we have to do something. We don't just sit back and say, well, I'm a new guy. You endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit, and so the Spirit unites us. Christ's cross binds us together, like you said earlier. Yeah. And so those two are the things that bind us together. Our little differences, they won't hold us together. Yeah. They don't have the strength to hold us together. But the fact that we're in the same family, bought by the blood of Christ, bound by the Spirit of God together, we're co-heirs of with christ we we became one with another at the foot of the cross these are powerful things that unite us but we can't let these minor things divide us you know this is what happens in marriage we were talking about that earlier you know what are the kind of things we need to do well little petty things that a mate starts focusing on that's imperfect or weakness and that becomes big in their eyes. But, hey, they have so much in common. They have children that they're training together. They have the same God that they worship together. And they have the same general goals together. But they let these little petty things. Uh, I don't like the way she brushes her hair and lets this toothpaste cap left on the toothpaste tube. That kind of stuff. Or I don't like the way those things happen. Yeah, and it's easy to fall into that trap. The devil wants to keep us here. Folks, we'll be right back with you. Hang with us. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. So I'm sitting back and I'm looking at this and, and understanding that as we as we grow forward in new things, we have to remember that love is a central aspect. I mean, it's right there. It's foundational within our Christian faith. It's, you know, we're called to love others, obviously, to, to be selfless. And, you know, we're even called to have a sacrificial love like Christ had for us. So as we look at things, there's division, there's all these different things going on. But I've found in my life 
that if I'm going to love people as Christ loved me, or at least attempt to do that, and I do try to do that, I try to connect with people. I try to, uh, I, I really, I went out of my way. Especially these last couple of years, God has really done a work in my heart for all my neighbors, the people I deal with day in and day out and things of that nature. But it's not, we're not doing this um, because we look better in someone else's eyes. Yeah, it's not lifting self up. Yeah. Sacrifice, you mentioned that word. Yeah. Love is self-sacrifice. It's not lifting self up. It's not puffed up. It's not vaunting itself, as Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 13. This is about the other person having their needs met. And in the context of that, it has to do with using our spiritual gifts to meet the needs of the other members of the body of Christ. And so love can be defined, agape love is self-sacrifice for the benefit of an undeserving person. Yeah. Not expecting equal return. That's what God did with us. He sacrificed him very self, and we didn't deserve it. Right. And he doesn't expect equal return. Who's going to return God infinite love and sacrifice and match it? Who's going to return and match with that? So we're not expecting equal return. Sometimes people love others, so to speak, but they expect you to give as much or more back, and they get upset if you don't return it back. Agape love isn't counting the return back. Yeah, and it, and it's not about a spotlight. You know, in the army, we had uh, what we'd commonly refer to. It wasn't a good, it wasn't a good characterization at all. But someone would say that person's a spotlight soldier. So in other words, that person, <laughs> you know, you'd be working all day, and this guy would say, "Hey, let me take your place." After you've been in a hole for three hours, you go, "Yeah, hop in, hop in, throw some dirt on his face," and the commander would pull up. And say, look at what I did. Look at what I've done. And uh, you know, far too often we're we're in um, we're in a mindset. We live in a world where you count things, where you check blocks. And I've been a block checker. You know, have I was I nice enough to the people I work to? Did I read? Yeah, chapter one, John read. Yeah, chapter two, John read. <laughs> check mark. Well, all of a sudden, God comes into our world. He, he makes us this new creation, and the Holy Spirit ministers to us. And, and somewhere along the way, God starts saying things like, what did you just read? Yeah. You know, how yeah. can you apply that in your life? How does that affect my relationship with you? Yeah. And a love relationship with God and a responsiveness to him when we read, it's not checking off, I accomplished this and performed this, and I did this achievement. You know, this is one of the things when I think of a person that is not a spotlighter or whatever you called it. Spotlight soldier, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think of my wife. Yeah. Uh, I, that's what I appreciate about her. She's not in the spotlight. That's not where she's going. She wants to serve. She wants to use her talents to serve. And you see it. I mean, just a longtime piano player, ministering to people at church. I mean, just honestly, just comes off very humble quiet uh, yeah service oriented smiling in know. fact i wished i could be more like her <laughs> and probably there's people that wish that i would yeah but that's it. that's what i think of as a person like that they're not going to get a credit and there's a best friend i had who's a missionary in australia yeah. and he's a serving guy but he's not going to get the spotlight he's not going to see that happen he's not going to let it happen yeah and thank God for Christ-likeness like that. And that's the thing that binds us together. If when we're not envying one another or vaunting ourselves over one another, but true love 
says, I'm the hand and therefore I'm going to serve the rest of the body. I'm going to feed the mouth. But you know, there's the old illustration there in 1 Corinthians 12, when it's not love, using my spiritual gifts to vaunt myself up, it will say, I'm not the hand, but I'm just the foot, and you just put weight on foot, and you cover them up, but you don't caress my foot. I'm the foot. You don't, you know, put a ring on it. Yeah. Some people are now, but they are. <laughs> but I'm just saying, but with a hand, it's out, and it holds, and it gets caressed, and has jewelry on it. Hey, not the spotlight. Yeah, you know, there's an encouragement here that's so important and being exhorted here. You know, the important thing here is we're living different. We're a different person. We we said yesterday on the broadcast that, you know, the most miserable people in the world are the people who are outside of God's will. Well, if you're not loving other people, you're outside of God's will. Yeah. And, and if you're not trying to have reconciliation in your life, if you're not trying to restore people, if you're not trying to bring these relationships together, some of them are uncomfortable, brother. It's, it's uncomfortable. Uh, sometimes, you know, things can get blown apart. All you need is one knucklehead. It could be me. It could be you uh, to do something. But we have a responsibility uh, to take the collateral damage and end it. Yes. And, and, and that's, end with, you know, we end that with love. We end that uh, with a relationship that's sacrificial. And uh, so I guess, you know, Pastor, you've dealt with so many families and so many lives. And this is what I've found out. I found out there's more uh, ungodliness going on in families because people don't view those relationships in a Matthew 18 way. People don't view those relationships in, in a reconciliation and restoration way. Yeah, They're falling uh, out of forgiveness and fi- falling into fighting and exalting self. And, and what, what do you think causes that? Why do you think we don't view our families in a way of restoration, reconciliation, outright love? And then why do you think we get off so easy that way? There's a lot of reasons on that, but I find many times with us as men, uh, whenever we are getting a relationship that's broken, and we even maybe recognize that we have wronged someone, but we're unwilling to go back to them and ask for forgiveness and restore the relationship that you're talking like should be done. And what men many times think, well, if I go and ask forgiveness, I'm going to look bad and I'm going to lose the leadership and the control and and the respect. But folks, we know by the Bible, he that exalteth himself shall be abased and he that humbles himself shall be exalted. And a dad or a husband that's willing to go and say, I wronged you, would you forgive me? Could we put this under the blood of Christ between us? That creates a different spirit between that dad and that child says, oh, I'll forgive you. Yeah. And dad, it's okay. And then that child looks at dad and says, oh, what a loving dad I have. And boy, do I like him. And he gets the esteem by being humble, not by exalting himself. Yeah, and that's where it's at. And there's so much that was said in in just that statement too. And when do you think it's time for... uh, a spouse, maybe maybe in this particular case, a wife to speak up, or a kid who's getting older, they see sin within their partner. How, how do you approach something like that? Uh, well, there's a variety of situations, but generally the Bible gives us the directive. It says, "He, you that are spiritual, you go to a brother that's overtaken in a fault, 
and you try to restore them, not re, not make them feel badly, but you're, they know you're trying to restore them, and you do it in a spirit of meekness, considering your own self, lest you also be tempted. Talking to a man here recently that's on a foreign mission field, and he's talking about some failure. And I had to use the term, we men. Yeah. This is a problem we battle with, and this is how we work at it. I didn't come and say, you're the guy that's always messing up, aren't you? No. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm coming and I want to restore. Here's how we restore it. And I even shared on how I dealt with that same kind of problem in my life and how it, God helps me through a certain passage of Scripture. Yeah. I'm not coming and looking down, shame on you, shame on you. Yeah, and that's so good. And, and folks, don't hold all that information back to download on either. Just go, approach slowly. We do love you. We're going to continue this conversation tomorrow. We're honored that you tune us in. Tomorrow we're going to be talking about a new song, a new heaven, a new earth, and a new Jerusalem. You don't want to miss that. May God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.